Hey guys, it's me, Alex, and I just wanted to stop in real quick and tell you, please go to alexcast.com, Alex is spelled with two X's, just check out the stuff there. If you click the Amazon link before you buy stuff on Amazon, I get a small percentage. You don't have to pay extra. There's an Audible link there. If you click that, you get a free audiobook. I get a percentage for you signing up, and you can quit, and you keep the audiobook. It's completely free, and yes, it's good. PayPal link if you want to donate to the show. As you heard in recent episodes, everything's breaking, so that would be nice, and good times. If all those don't suit your fancy, there's also links to the books I've written. Please go purchase them on Amazon and leave me a nice review on Amazon. And if that's not the thing, go to iTunes and leave a nice review for the show. It very much helps. Um, I get, you know, maybe get into like the new and noteworthy. I have, I should have enough downloads for that, but who the fuck knows? I don't know how these magical wizards work because I'm not a magical wizard. I don't know where I'm going with this. Anyway, please go to alexyas.com, click around, enjoy it. And yes, enjoy the episode. is alone in his apartment. Holly is reading a book at a coffee shop nearby. Will they meet? Will it always sound like a trailer from 1997? Oh, she's crying now, and he's walking away with a serious look on his face. But they're back together because the music is fast. All this and more on Alex Gass 1997 Music Edition. Alex, you're so cool. By Hans Zimmer. Get it? Because that's the name of this. Okay, wait. Oh, wait. Check this out. Alright, it's gonna go around again. Wait, wait for it to go around again. Another take on this. Is uh, Alex cast every trailer for uh, a movie that happened post True Romance? Come on, get to it, Hans Zimmer. It's one thing. Come on. Criminally. I don't have all day. I mean, I do have all day. Nighttime. Oh, here we go. Check this out. In a world where impish children play with deadly intent. Where a chaos-strewn landscape of the apocalypse is punctuated by a wooden xylophone, comes the tale of one man, bold enough to venture forth into the wasteland to save that one special thing, his soul. <laughs> okay, that, I, I tell you the truth, I kind of planned the first one and the second one didn't so much uh, work out so well for me. Hi guys, it's me, Alex. Uh, how do I turn this down? Hey, I did it. Um, yes. So, um, it is the Alex cast, and my name is Alex. I am here to record some loveliness for you, and that loveliness will start with "You're So Cool" by Hans Zimmer from True Romance. True you're so cool. Um, written by Mr. Quentin Tarantino. 
one of my favorite films. I enjoy it very much. It's one of those things where I would have liked to have seen um, what would have happened if he got a chance to direct it. This also goes true for Natural Born Killers. He also directed, uh, not directed, sorry. He also wrote that, but did not direct it. Uh, yeah, that, that would be a fucking seriously interesting uh, topic. Uh, seriously interesting film. I mean, sorry, I'm a little bit distracted. Hold on just one second, guys. Okay, I'm back. Sorry about that. I was getting a text message that was very important that I needed to deal with immediately. Um, nothing that is serious other than a seriously delightful kind of happy sunshine rays and lollipop things. So, I found on my sketchbook a bit of a drawing. I was trying to figure out how to describe this to the Twitter audience at the Alex cast. Alex is always spelled with two X's. If you find me on Twitter at the Alex cast, um, Facebook or facebook.com slash Alex cast. No, the, anyway, I talked about it on the show before, but I couldn't find the episode because my, well, let's face it, I don't do the write-ups very well. I think this is something we all know, and by we all know, I mean me, because I don't think anybody actually fucking looks at those things. But I was trying to figure out if there was a spot where I could direct people to explain what this picture was. Unfortunately, there was not. So I'm going to explain it to you now. In 2011... And by 2011, it may very well be 2010. I don't know. I was in the little writing studio I used to rent out. I used to rent, not rent out. It was this converted, it was a men's flop house in downtown Portland. Old school men's flop house, like from where the term came from. It's probably room probably dated from like the 30s or 40s single single room there's just enough room in there for like a bed you could see where the uh it was a bed and a sink essentially and down the hall there was a shared bathroom and in the room uh, when i got there there was no sink or bed um i didn't i don't think i need to explain that i probably need to explain the lack of sink but anyway it was converted men's flop house and it was this really old school creaky floored smelled weird old school thing and each of the rooms were rented out to uh, an artist or uh, upstairs from the floor I was on. There's all musicians. And downstairs was a strip club. So writing poetry above a strip club in an old Ben's flop house overlooking Burnside in downtown Portland. It was a pretty fucking perfectly... Um, poetically romantic kind of in a like a Bukowskian way you know Bukowski it's more like a John Fonte way I like to let's just skip Bukowski altogether and talk about Fonte we're not going to talk about Fonte but ask the dust that's more like it not not so much ham on rye or whatever the fuck that 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 book is I used to like Bukowski when I was younger and I'm so digressing right now it's unfucking believable so back to I'm not going to double digress to Ben's flop house and this is where I put together the Void Sutras, the first book that I, um, you know, in quotes wrote. I mean, I wrote all of it, but it, it was, you know, it's a collection of poetry and short 
prose. Even the poems are like prosy poems. So, um, anyway, yeah, I mean, they were pretty good, whatever, but, um, you can get it on Amazon, the Void Sutras, but, uh, I was in there and I had started to muck about with trying to find ways to, I guess, contact my subconscious. I, 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 this is the way I guess I'll put it. And one of the ways I was listening to a lot of those binaural beats kind of thing, where it's uh, certain kinds of frequencies underneath music that are supposed to like kind of alter the way your brain operates for that moment. And I was listening to a lot of those. I was doing a lot of meditation exercises and, you know, generally just trying to get myself into a weird place in this weird flophouse place to try to get writing done. Uh, this is where the kind of really primal-er stage of periphery came from. Not came from, but was started to be written there. But anyway, I was going into it. So part of this trying to get myself in a different state was I was doing, uh, I was trying to get into like automatic writing or automatic drawing. I don't even know if automatic drawing is a thing, um, but it's something I certainly did. Automatic writing essentially is, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but what I'm referencing is essentially, it's almost like a, like a Ouija board is you kind of let your hand move to as best you can to the will of your unconscious without trying to actually direct your hand. And it's interesting because if you do it with somebody else, you can often kind of like call forth actual sentences if you're writing. And if you're drawing, it's actually a little bit easier because oftentimes you'll just kind of, I know a lot of artists know what this feels like where you kind of just space out and just start drawing. You don't really know what you're doing. So I was experimenting with a lot of that. And one of the days I did this, I was going into, you know, I was trying to get into like a deep meditative thing and, you know, very possibly I was smoking some pot. Um, and anyway, I got into a pretty, a pretty deep kind of pretty deep space. And from this space, I called forth a, a, a pen and ink, uh, old school, you know, one of those uh, dip fountain, not fountain pens, like a dip pen, you know, like with the little, the metal tip that you'd like, if you push down, it kind of spreads apart and you dip it into ink. I, I, I don't know what that's actually called. Fountain pen? Dip pen? Who gives a fuck? Alex, shut up. Will do. So I drew this thing and essentially the entirety of it is, is, is done in a, uh, altered state, uh, 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 automatic drawing, automatic writing state with the exception of the top, right. If you look at it, it look, it's on my, um, it's on my Twitter feed at the Alex cast. It's also will be in the show notes for this episode. But if you look at it on the top, right, you'll see there's kind of an astronomical scene, which I, I was kind of awake when I was drawing that. Cause I was just fucking around, um, trying to figure out how the, how the pen worked. Um, and on the left where it says where we come from or where we came from, I think I was sort of awake for that too. So keep that in mind when you're taking in the, the wonder and variety of, of this picture that uh, those two are not part of the, the strange, you know, occult side of it. So um, this is the weird shit. So I go into, you know, an altered state or whatever, and I just drew uh, what appears to be, well, the, 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 point out the important stuff because there's other things going on here but uh, what essentially is a boat and uh, there is what I think is a 
hippo-headed god or hippo-headed uh, uh, anthro anthropomorphized uh, figure. You know, uh, what do you call it when it's a shit? There's a name for it where you put an animal head on a person. It's called a um, anth whatever. It's a fucking man body with a with a with a uh, with an animal head. And this, uh, to to me, looking at it now, I, I think it is a, a hippo, because I know how badly I can, I know how shitty my drawing ability is, so I think that's the way I would draw a hippo head. And uh, the hippo is holding what I think is uh, some kind of oar, like a, like a boating oar, or a, um, like one of those um, push sticks for boating as well, you know, like uh, like they have in Venice. Next to him is some little guy holding flame um and it says uh i don't know what it actually says there because it looks like i touched it before the ink dried let's see if i can read it it says it says not scrolling uh oh we bring the light or something along those lines so there's a weird kind of looking figure holding fire. So, I think you know, it's some kind of obvious Promethean symbolism there. And um, then in the boat, there's also a, a what looks like a bag of goods of some kind. And then there's just lines and random shit. And, and then on the left, it looks like it kind of looks like a like a, a decapitated turtle head, maybe. Um with a with a line coming out of it, which again I think that may have just been issues with trying to learn how to use a pen like that, and then four wavy lines, which to go with the Egyptian motif is I think three wavy lines is actually the symbol for water. So, or that might actually be from the fifth element, but I think that's from I think that's actually from actual Egypt. I think I used to actually know the name of that sign too. Anyway. Important part is this. Before I had drawn this, I had never looked into the sacred geometry, which I've referenced on the show a bunch of times. I've it's not something I was familiar with because I remember when I first started hearing about the sacred geometry, I was like, "Oh, this is fucking amazing! This is this puts in such an important piece into the puzzle that I couldn't figure out. Like, I couldn't really figure out how the gap, how to bridge the gap from Egypt to Greece in a way that." was meaningful with the kind of the transmission of important ideas because my, my view of history is very kind of this interconnective secret society thing but not secret societies in like a, a a negative kind of controlling way but in a people like keeping secrets way and i couldn't figure out how the transmission of egypt the egyptian technology the egyptian thoughts went to went to greece or went to what would eventually become, you know, what would quote unquote the Western world. So when I found out about the, the sacred geometry and I found out that uh, Pythagoras actually studied with the Egyptian mystery schools, I was like, oh, I get, okay, so this is where the transmission point came from. Now, sorry, that's a bit of a digression, but this is important. One of the major um, shapes in the sacred geometry is something called a Merkaba, M-E-R-K-A-B-A-H. It's a... Uh, you know, it's probably best just just go just Google Merkaba. You'll, you'll see what it looks like. It's like a um, 
I don't know that I could describe it to you, but just in case you're not available to Google, wait, let me bring one up. Maybe I can describe it. Um, it's a, how do I, it's, it's kind of like a star within a star. It's it, if you imagine like a six sided, you know, uh, like a six sided star, but like a three dimensional version of it. Um, star tetrahedron i think they refer to it as for people that know those kind of words but that doesn't help me if i heard someone say oh a star's tetrahedron i would say i don't i that doesn't help me at all i'm i'm quite sorry um but yeah okay so i'd never heard of that before and this is one of the one of the central symbols of the sacred geometry this is the sign of like if you look at um that that um drawing that uh, michelangelo did of uh i think it's called the the something of man where it's the dude that's got his arms out and it's kind of like two arms, two legs to show motion and it's in a circle. Well, if you look like that overlays, you know, kind of perfectly with it. So anyway, so I wrote on that, on that painting, Merkaba. And it is in, um, phonetically written. So it says M-E-R-K-A-B-A. -A. No H. I didn't, I literally didn't know that word. Because when I when I was learning about the sacred uh, geometries, when I first kind of was introduced to this as like a an actual concept, when it said Merkaba, like essentially the the first time I heard that word, because I didn't think about this drawing. This was nothing. I just it was just in a fucking it was just in a it was just in a sketchpad. So when I heard Merkaba in there, I went or Merkaba. I say Merkaba. I, I keep breaking it down because that's the way I wrote it first. But I went that sounds fucking familiar to me. And it kind of relates, you know, we bring the light kind of relates to is, and so I was like, that sounds familiar to me. And then it occurred to me, I'm like, wait a second, did I write that in that, in that fucking sketchbook? So I went and looked at my sketchbook and it's there. This is Merkaba. It's f fucking inexplicable. I didn't know that word. No, the 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 rational person in me screaming out says two things one you knew the word somehow at some point maybe you had fallen asleep with a podcast on or uh with a history channel special or something along those lines and although you were not aware of how you know, you were not aware that you knew the word was still in there somewhere and then you know you got into you were perfectly trying to tap the unconscious or the subconscious that was successful, so that's where the word came from. And then the other option is, how many other people on the planet have just sat around doodling bullshit? And at some point, someone's going to write down a thing that they're going to later run into and then apply significance. But there's millions upon millions more of these stories that don't end with a, holy shit, I wrote that on a piece of paper ending. But you'll never hear those stories because why would anybody tell that story? It's like one of those uh, kind of... Um, this is I was asking somebody what this is called, like where it's... Um, you, you you think something's more significant because of this like oh my god no but the thing is the like like my my uh my my ouija board predicted when my dad would come home and it was right so that's wild but then if you look you go well how many people's ouija board didn't predict when their dad would come home properly and the story was forgotten and never told again so the math is ridiculously on the side of not happening but um you only hear about the success story. So it's like a, um, it's like a, like 
I guess prejudiced by positive outcome or something. I forget, there's a term for it, but I'm I'm just being stupid. But anyway, so my rationalist mind is screaming that out. But also my 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 my, my weird uh, weirdo occult mind is going. This is I drew something an Egyptian kind of look here. It says we bring the light, and there's like a Promethean kind of guy. Uh, it doesn't look like a guy. It actually it looks like the way that I draw a cartoon chicken from face on, but that doesn't matter. I, I, this, again, I'm not drawing attention to this, this, this drawing because I'm good at art. This is purely because of the occult significance. This is, I, I'm quite the shitty artist, but um, the fact that this is like a Promethean thing and, and, and this, this sacred geometry is supposed to be the thing that was passed down from the gods. Like this is the, or God or the spirit or source energy. This is, this is the, the root of, human knowledge and i drew it within a context of that that fits within the framework of the story that's weird to me i said that like like christopher walken there was a weird pausing there but yeah i don't i don't yeah anyway so i posted i posted the drawing on twitter so you can look at it if you want or it'll be in the show notes on alexcast.com alex always spells two x's but yeah so that was like kind of the first time i i found I found myself in contact with uh, Egyptian weirdness, uh, and then, then, yeah, okay. Well, I'll tell you about the next one, the next one, or the other one, because it's coming up soon. And I found the note because I was looking. I wanted to talk about this on the show, so I found the note that I wrote when it happened. So uh, wait, let me find that. Hold on one second, and then we'll we'll, we'll talk about. It. You don't really have to hold on because you'll never know you're holding. Okay, so the the thing i'm not doing what was it oh yeah so the next time i ran into egypt when it came to being altered states is thus i talked about this recently on the show so on let's see october the 6th i was uh i put myself uh, again in an altered state this time using slightly more powerful um methodologies and and chemicals and I was uh, somewhat in contact. Uh, so, uh, well, let me put, let me set the scene here. Ahem, the scene shall be set. I was meditating in my apartment, and I was trying to get like, I wanted to go like super deep. I was actually trying to see if I could like astral project or whatever. But you know, that's not, I don't mean that in like a, like a, like a, like a, like a foofy kind of uh, weirdo way. I mean, I do mean it in a weirdo way, but I mean, I wanted to see if I could experience the impression of astral projection not not uh, not actually uh, i would not certainly come back to you saying oh my god my soul which i'm not 100 percent convinced exists escaped my body what what i mean to say is i wanted to see if i could get that you know that experience or that subjective um experience to happen you know you can take mushrooms and see god that doesn't mean that god was there it means you took mushrooms and saw god you know it's uh the observer not the observed you know you create your universe so I was trying to create a universe in which I was trying to astral travel, astral project. So, I am in a deep, deep, deep uh, meditative state. I had uh, taken some, uh, you know, uh, helpers to get myself into a deep state. And, yeah, I talked about this pretty recently, so I'll try to make this quick. I got the impression that I was contacted. I saw two kind of shadow silhouettes looking at each other in a 
in an almost a, like the electric company where those two heads would say half of one word and then the other half of the other. Sec met. Train car. Train car. Uh, no, it wasn't as cheesy as that, but it was that kind of setup. And I could barely see them. And see is a is a really awkward terminology here, but it was a more of a sense impression than an actual like visual um yeah then like a visual signal it's it's hard to explain i think if you've i think if you've ever like been really deep meditative state or like really been tripping your face off i think uh, you can probably understand what i'm saying here but it's kind of, it's hard to get across and in, in it's hard to get across in, in in human tongue but yeah so i, I was experiencing this essentially uh, the thing that I, I believe identified itself as Sekhmet, who, um, who once looking up I found to be an Egyptian goddess, who is a um, uh, like a lion-headed goddess. And I think she's lion-headed. I should look that up because if she's going to be on my side, I might as well not fucking say the wrong thing. I, I actually put a link to her fucking Wikipedia in the little note I made after the experience uh, to make sure. And so, uh, she is a warrior goddess as well as a goddess of healing for Upper Egypt. Uh, she is depicted as a lioness, the fiercest hunter known to the Egyptians. It is said that her breath formed the desert. She was seen as the protector of the pharaohs and led them in warfare. Her cult was so dominant in culture when the first pharaoh of the 12th dynasty, uh, Amenhot, wait, Amenemhat I, moved the capital of Egypt to Itjit. Tui, fuck. The, the center for her cult was moved as well. Religion, the royal lineage, and the authority to govern were intrinsically interwoven in ancient Egypt due, uh, during its approximately three millennia of existence. Uh, she's also a solar deity, sometimes called the daughter of the sun god Ra, often associated with the goddess Hathor and Bast. Bast, B-A-S-T. Yeah, Bast. I know that's how you spell it. She bears the solar disk and the Eorius, which associates her with Wejet and royalty. Uh, with these associations, she can be constructed as a divine arbiter uh, of the goddess Ma'at, uh, order or justice, and the, but, sorry, that was, sorry, that went on too long. She's the lion-headed goddess. Um, yeah, so, this thing, in a deep meditative state, uh, uh, identifies itself as Sekhmet, or at least gives me the impression that it is Sekhmet. She informs me, or uh, uh, passes along the, the knowledge, because when I was, I was in this kind of meditative state, uh, I, when I kind of got a bit of contact, my first question, of course, was, uh, not of course, you don't know me that well, and I don't know me that well, so it's, you know, this is not an of course situation. So, my first question, not of course, was when, uh, when and if I will ever be kind of uh, relieved from this burden. Um, by this burden, I mean either uh, the one of flesh or the burden of depression or loneliness or whatever the, the various... Um, multifaceted horrors uh, that is my life uh, will be either um, taken away from me or my life will end. Uh, though I shouldn't be saying the life will end because this was uh, in, the, in the context of this kind of apparition, this, this kind of apparition, this kind of uh, and just contact experience. Uh, this was much more of a, uh, a relief from suffering, not a relief from walking around in a meat husk. So, she tells me that 
um, in either three or 11 months, uh, the kind of alone horrible will go away. Uh, it was, I was about to say it was much more articulate than that, but it wasn't because again, this wasn't something spoken. This wasn't a, this was verbal whilst not being said aloud. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't speech and it wasn't like, you know, it was in, in it was imparting concepts. Yeah, imparting concepts. That's the way I'm going to word it. Anyway, it says three or 11 months, and I say, well, uh, Miss Sekhmet, I, 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 although I am uh, very grateful for your contact with me, I have been waiting for an incredibly long time, uh, expressing patience and doing daily work, and daily devotions towards uh, the deliverance from suffering in various methodologies and various ways, and my 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 abilities to shoulder the burden are getting greatly reduced as the years go on. Is there some way you could provide me with some form of proof? Now, uh, I didn't say, I didn't say proof again. This is none of this is verbal. This is uh, throwing the impression out. So that's why this it's much more of like I didn't go yeah prove it. It was more of a um, it was more of a oh thank you so much but could could you could you kind of like tap me on the shoulder and and tell me it'll be okay by just showing them the smallest sign that that this is something that's actually happening you know that this is not a that this is not a this is not all in my head this is actually like a thing you know it's not to give me proof but it was more of a nuanced thing because again, this was these were these were thought forms less than verbal forms, and it's a difficult concept to cut, get across. Which I hate when people say that because I'm a writer and I think you can get across anything in writing, anything verbally. But I didn't write any of this down. Well, I wrote some of it down because I just read a bit, but I didn't write it down in that I didn't try to sit down and uh, gracefully uh, apply my my skills with writing towards describing this to you. I just started babbling, as is my want and desire. So, yeah, I, I can't say that it's actually not, you know, I, I could describe this to you if I wanted to, if I wanted to write it down, and I'd probably get it across quite well, but I didn't do that. So, no offense to you, writing. Uh, <laughs> so, I ask her for proof, and she essentially says um, that a, a, a sign will be, uh, will be given to me tonight, and and it will be somebody named Tracy. And I want to be clear here. When I the sign was not to be the this deliverance is named Tracy, or that even the deliverance is in the form of a person, is that the sign is much in the way like uh, you know uh, uh, look to the night sky and see and you would see a you know a bright star or um, a, a cat will cross your path or or you'll you'll you know you'll you'll uh, you'll you know you'll trip on a rock and and notice a tiny plastic dinosaur lying in a gutter something you know just it was it was a, a sign not a thing to be approached it was just like a tip of the tip of the hat going hey alex Sekmat here i got you so after my meditative kind of thing is over done my work i uh, decide to go to the bar because well i need to see people every now and again or i will go completely fucking insane and start a podcast and start writing books about uh, occultism and string theory that involve uh, reptilian trees. So, uh, I uh, went to the bar. 
I'm sitting at the bar and I'm kind of, oh, wait, let me add one more in, uh, um, qualification here. I wrote down her name will be Tracy on my little uh, cardboard thing that I keep in front of me at the desk. I've talked about it before. I think I've taken pictures of it that um, I keep this little cardboard thing that, that it goes on my goes on the uh, table that we use that um, the, so the mouse works better that I'm controlling the computer with. And I can, you know, write down notes during the show and just, you know, things to remember. But wrote down in there, her name will be Tracy. Important. So I go to the bar. I'm sitting around, you know, uh, reading a book. Talk, I was chatting to the bartender I'm friends with. Um, and, I'm actual friends with, not like I'm one of those annoying people that just goes to the bar to bother. Like we've, we've, you know, we've helped each other move. Like we're actual friends. So, um, yeah, we're, so I'm there. And I noticed this girl playing pinball in the back of the room. Not notice her in any kind of sexual or or uh, courtship way. Just, oh, that's a girl. But for some reason, my attention was drawn over there. And uh, I was like, oh, okay. Went back to read my book. And then I heard a voice that I was like, what the fuck? Like, I, it wasn't an annoying voice, but it was something like, it was... Uh, Cutting, no, cutting has got a negative connotation. It was bright, almost. It was it was a voice of a white light, which sounds too positive. It was just a, I don't know how to describe it. It was it was a, a, a cold breeze, because uh, um, again, that's a negative connotation. It was just a voice that it was a, a incredibly noticeable, but in a neutral way, which is an odd thing. That's why it's almost like a, a bit of light or something. So anyway. Then I turn and it's that girl and I know it. So I'm like, oh, this is, you know, okay, that's her again. I'm like, oh. And uh, so she goes up and she uh, orders from the bar. And I can't, I looked at her like, this is, you know, like, there's something about her. And I'm like, she doesn't look familiar to me. She's not a person that I find particularly attractive. Like, good looking girl, but I mean, it's not, it wasn't like a, you know, a, she will be mine. And we float across, you know, the bar towards each other, making deep eye contact. It was just, oh, that's an attractive girl, uh, too young for me. And, you know, whatever that was it you know i didn't even probably didn't even think the attractive thing i just i'm overqualifying the statements because i don't want it to come across as i'm some lascivious old man uh which i am but in this case i would just happen to you know notice this person so uh she orders and i'm like oh, fucking hey and it just it kind of the thought occurred to me so the bartender comes over uh, uh you know just to have another chat i'm like hey jess sorry this is fucking weird and it's one of my alex things just just say no and we'll get over with it but like that girl that just ordered what's her name and she's like the one over by the pinball table i'm like yeah she goes oh, oh that's a uh, tracy er, stop car hit stop look needle record like noises things stuff happening so i'm like holy fuck jess you have no fucking idea what just happened so i explained it to her i'm like hey, fuck I'll, I'll, someone drive me home Let's look at the fucking piece of paper. You could walk in with me. You see it written on my fucking desk. Her name will be Tracy. And that probably won't make a lot of sense, but in the context of the story, it would. And I'll tell you the story while driving over. Like, very excited. So, of course, we didn't drive over because I'd be stupid. But there was a piece of fucking paper in my apartment saying her name will be Tracy. I just took a breath in to like, oh, I should tell you the rest of the story. And there is no rest of the story. It was really exciting because... I wasn't supposed to talk to Tracy. I, I, she was she was a, a bright star. She was she was a cat walking across my path. She was a a bit of loose gravel to make me notice a plastic dinosaur in a gutter. Uh, so yeah, I went I went three months and and nothing happened on that night because I felt like this was an anniversary thing. 
Um, I felt like on the date of three months from then, it would be the would be the night, or on the eleven months from then, which is weird because it didn't it didn't feel like three through eleven, which it might. I hope it is because I don't feel like waiting much longer, and I don't really know how much longer I have. So anyway, um, yeah, that's it. Those are my two Egyptian contact stories, but these are related directly to the picture I posted on Twitter earlier, and you saw how long it took me to get around to describing both of those. I can't do that in less than 140 characters. Um, I'm pretty good at writing, but I'm not that good. This is, uh, uh, I, I maybe if I tried and took all subtlety out, I could maybe never even think about it. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. So that's, that's, uh, I guess that's how I got uh, contacted by uh, various Egyptian goddesses and thought forms. Yeah, that's right. You know what you're listening to. You're listening to Bruce Hack. Electric to me turn that's of course off the electric lucifer by bruce hack i don't know what any of these things are so uh i want you to go to facebook.com slash the standard pdx you know why because that's a bar that sponsors my show and you know why that bar sponsors my show because i'm in love with it as a man loves a woman as a man loves the electric lucifer as a man loves another man because that's right we live in a goddamn open society and we love ourselves some gay folk Come on down to The Standard, facebook.com slash thestandardpdx. You can find him in real life at 14 Northeast 22nd in beautiful, and I mean drop-dead gorgeous, I mean, yeah, it's all right, uh, Northeast Portland. It's actually quite nice. Safe neighborhood. It's fun. Um, so yeah, 14 Northeast 22nd, right off of East Burnside. Yeah, go there. There's all sorts of drink deals. If you go on a Sunday night, it's Sunday day as well, I suppose, but uh, it's $2 for a microbrew. Like, microbrew beer for two bucks. You can't beat that. It's, like, literally impossible to beat it. If you tried to beat it, you would be destroyed. Like, the world would come down upon you in flames and horror, saying you shall not get any cheaper beer. Except for Wednesdays, because you can get dollar hams. But hams is, you know, not microbrew. It's, just like, some shitty beer, so... It's not nearly as... You know, it's, it's alright. I mean, it's good. I, I definitely drink the fuck out of it, but I'm just saying, it's no... Yeah. So yeah, the standard. They have cheap stuff to drink. So fuck yeah, y'all. Let's uh let's get together and do it. Get together and see what's happening. Like Ma Bell, I got the ill communication, and this communication has been ill. It's been so ill. It's been the standard. The standard. Facebook.com/slash/the-standard-pdx. Boom, bitches. Oh, I said bitches. Fuck, I hate saying that word. Um, the the community that i like to hang out with on the internet is called death squad d-e-a-t-h-s-q-u-a-d because i pronounce that weird death squad it's based around the podcast of joe rogan and the kind of surrounding comedians and um third-party weirdos that uh are in his group in his periphery if i may reference my own work of fucking genius that you should buy 12 copies of so death squad i don't know why i brought that up why the fuck did i say death squad i came back from commercial i said 
something. There's another thing. Death Squad. Oh, bitches. Yeah, uh, Rogan says it, and therefore a lot of people in that group say it. Not that, not to say they're parroting, but they, uh, in every group, in that it is a group, a lot of people that join it will, of course, be kind of uh, a bit of a minor bird. And I unfortunately have adopted a usage of saying uh, that word, and I don't like saying it because I'm using it as a as a spice to a sentence, as a as a punctuation, not as a reference to a derogatory term for lady folks or a or like a female uh, uh, canine. But it is a term that I think is is it's there's too much meaning packed into it in the pejorative sense towards female for me to feel comfortable using it in any other uh, way. So I apologize for saying coming back bitches, but I I, I very much mean that in a um, sniff sniff uh, or a or a, you know, so like welcome back, like some just uh, vowel construct, phonemes strung together arbitrarily to indicate something. But in this case, it was indicative of uh, not particularly good, you know, uh, treatment of lady folk. I didn't, I didn't really need to say anything. I don't think anybody really took it that way, but I just, it's one of those words I don't like. I don't like saying, I don't like bitches. I don't like saying cunt. Um, I will say to hanging out with English people, not, or, you know, kind of British overall, if they're the type to use it, Often I don't know what you know particular flavor accent is the one that keeps doing that, but um, I am I am very much as I was just referencing before with the Death Squad people. I'm very much a sponge for language like that, so I will kind of sheepishly, um, sheep like follow people's verbal cues, which is why I have to be very careful. Like when I'm writing a novel, I can't be reading other fiction that's anything like the fiction I'm writing. It just I I I, I it starts it starts bleeding in, and it's not good. So. Yeah, I know. That's what I said. Yeah. So, Death Squad's an awesome community. If you guys aren't familiar with it, check it out. Uh, if, you, if you're like, yeah, Joe Rogan, you mean the fucking Fear Factor guy? Yeah, I do. Because um, he's, uh, he's a fucking smart dude. He's super fucking curious and funny. And his show is awesome. The Joe Rogan Experience. And a lot of the shows that surround him and a lot of his friends are fucking amazing. Uh, Duncan Trussell is... One of my favorite people on the planet. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I would love to have him on the show. He's Duncan's probably the only famous person I would want to talk to. Not want to talk to, but I mean, like, I've actually gone out of my way to try to get him on the show. And I've summarily failed. I mean, just just flames and fire and just, just has not even remotely fucking come close to... I don't even think I've ever gotten him to respond or even note that I exist. But... Uh, he's a wonderful man. You should listen to his show called uh, The Duncan Trussell Family Hour. And there's a bunch of other people. I'm not going to go into like blowing fucking Death Squad here because I've already been that way. But if you're, you know, kind of prejudiced against the fact that Death Squad is an incredibly fucking bad name. No offense, guys, but it's just it's 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 everything you're not. And I say you're because I, I hate being part of groups, but I, I'm part of you guys. I, I really do love you. I just it's awkward for me to say I'm part of a group. So I just tend to refer to it as outsiders but uh I, when i refer to humans i say those guys so just put it into context but yeah check it out but yeah if you're kind of thrown off by rogan being you know the fear factor guy or the mma guy uh the ufc guy i mean yeah he's really really he's a nuanced thinker at times i mean he's also kind of a bullish comedian thinker at other times which can be funny and can be ragingly infuriating 
But uh, yeah, the, the guests he has are top notch, and he's a really fucking interesting interviewer and really a, a bright dude and quite funny. So I would recommend checking it out. And that's me saying this because I don't really recommend stuff that often. I mean, I probably do like every episode, but this is what I mean because I very much like Joe Rogan. And yeah, who would? What's an interview I'd recommend? Um, trying to think of one that was like particularly great they're all pretty oh anytime shane smith from vice is on his show is fucking great uh there's just it just goes into wacky directions because shane smith like it's just they work perfectly together um anytime duncan's on duncan trussell as you just mentioned is great uh ari shafir most times he's on are really good there's been a couple times where they get a little kind of bitchy at each other because they're both um kind of i mean i guess comedians are all kind of this that kind of weird kind of not alpha male, but like kind of that, um, that kind of weird, like Omega male, like where it's like kind of like the Iago in the back of the pack. That's like kind of planning the demise of the leader. Like, it's like, all right, I will get the beta and the alpha to fight each other. And then I shall swoop in like one of those things, you know, uh, the, the smallest trifle made holiest writ. Um, that's me quoting Shakespeare bitches. What up? I did it again. It's almost like I planned it right there to have some kind of like comedic punch to end this little segment. Huh? Look at that. You think I don't plan things. So yeah, that is that. Uh, I don't know. What else do I have to talk about? Uh, probably nothing else. Gives a shit. Um, a long time ago, I did a show called The Alex Cast. And it's so hard to say goodbye. Uh, so the first bunch of episodes are unavailable. And those uh, I've, I've actually sent the link to people uh, that I find... Uh, to be friends of mine because if they want to listen to it not that i'm like listen to these but uh some people have asked so anyway on those early episodes because i do make reference to it i are some of the stories that i've told of um some of the you know those kind of touchstone stories of your life i'm sure some of those are in there uh, i mean i know some of those are in there that i keep forgetting to kind of i need to repeat like I know at some point I ended up retelling the uh, I almost died of mushroom stories when the demons ripped my face off I actually put that in the recent retro episode but there's a lot of references to stuff that happened. Uh, there's a lot of uh, kind of deep shit uh, from those early episodes that I would like to kind of dredge up, but I can't. Dredge up is the wrong term. I mean, it's the right term, but I didn't mean it in like a negative way. Uh, I mean, like it's some way to reuse, but they're just the sound quality is so shitty on a lot of them. And I don't want to listen to them to cut out parts to use because I just I, I really don't like listening to me speak. It's it's pretty fucking awkward because I don't like my voice that much and my voice with a bad microphone in front of it is even worse. So it's just, yeah, it's not going to happen. But anyway, I keep referencing that on the old show, I used to read uh, things I've written, um, poems and little short pieces of prose and whatever, as referenced earlier tonight with the Void Sutras. So, yeah, I was talking to someone uh, yesterday or whatever about, you know, doing, actually it was earlier tonight about doing readings on the show or whatever and so i gave her some of the old episodes uh or at least links to them about reading or whatever so i thought because um this is a person i was talking to that is uh quite a, a lovely lovely young lady and i am i'm just enamored with her and i feel like i kind of owe her uh, a reading in response to her being so very pleasant this evening and in hopes of more pleasantries later that sounded a little bit more vague and veiled than I intended it to, but I don't, here's the thing, guys, I do talk about everything on this show, as well you know, but 
there's a few things that won't happen. I don't name names uh, unless they are like firmly entrenched in the past to such a point that it doesn't really matter. And I do not tell you about, you know, kind of current um, trysts or liaisons. Uh, this is not one of those. Well, not that I have those. I think I have told you guys I'm not really into the whole casual sex thing. By not really into, I don't do it. But um, I don't bring that stuff up. I mean, it will answer someone asked me, but like I will never use a name. I will never tell anybody specifics. You know, it's just one of those things. I just don't feel it's. Oddly enough, I just don't, I feel it's kind of like, it's improprietous, I suppose. I just don't, I don't think it's, it's my place as a, uh, as, as a, you know, what, I don't know, I'm a human? I guess I'm a human. Yeah, as a human, sure. As a human male, as uh, I have, I have external genitalia. My secondary sex characteristics consists of uh, broad shoulders and, uh, and, and, uh, and hair and, I don't really remember what the other secondary sex characteristics of men are. Uh, bigger bones, I guess. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I don't remember what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, impropriety. So, yeah, I'm not the type to name things. So, I apologize for some kind of vagueness. But I assure you, it is just about the only thing I will, you know, kind of avoid sharing on the show. So, everything else is free reign. I know at one point Bill and I discussed the size of our fucking cocks on the show. So as I'm saying, you don't need to get everything from me. It's we're cool. So uh, there's this one thing that I'm holding back that you're never going to ask about. In fact, I could have just gone away with this and never said anything. But uh, I like being kind of uh, self-referencing within the context of a phrase. So whilst I'm saying I'm apologizing for being vague, you would never have known I was being vague unless I was apologizing for being vague. It's wonderful. It's like... Uh, like if you say sesquipedalian, it's the overuse of large words and smaller would suffice. So by its very utterance, you're calling forth its meaning. So by saying, uh, you know, uh, my phrasing is sesquipedalian, you have now changed your phrase to be sesquipedalian. Lovely. So I'm giving you guys the tricks of my trade that I am following my conversation more. I do try to keep the show as a kind of fugue in which I try to wrap everything back in around itself. And, well, let's face it, that's the secret to everything. So, um... Because uh, because uh, some uh, some women are lovely, and because I am a person that wants to read on the show again. So yeah, this is from the Void Sutras. It's a um, it's a poem about a poem. It's uh, again self-referencing. See what I did here? Look at look at me doing stuff. So yeah, this is from the Void Sutras. It's called the Seven Things Which Were Written and Never Read. The essential process is something like painting or the progression of musical chords as the singer fades off, complete. I think it makes sense that I've run out of words for the small moments where your effect was more than the sum of myself. A simple gesture, a causeless smile. So I gave up on the other words, and I replaced them with the following. Seven simple haiku. One for each point of fire you claim as your own. One. Your hand on your hip, and shift persona. Two through five odes to that half-smile you wear, when a comet strikes her fancy, or dart hits some ritualistic spot and sticks. Six was a madman. The insanity of creation, burning mass between your eyes, passionate fury behind words, the meaning and the sound. The seventh, she was a horror. Of trying to find that spot on your neck where all soul emanates, like wrestling with Tiamat for control of the sky, for control enough to describe that inner something which makes me write this. In place of seven simple haikus devoted and dedicated, a description of how words fail 
when we collide. See that? It's fucking beautiful. I don't know if it's beautiful because when this show first started, a lot of it was based around me trying to learn how to read aloud again. Um, I had taken some time off from doing public uh, poetry readings. Uh, and I was about to put out the Void Sutra. So when I started doing the Alex cast, I would read stuff every episode. And the point was to try to get better at reading aloud. All I've done really is learn how to just fuck up less obvious. So I fucked up twice, 2.5 times. One like, kind of major, not major, but enough. And then like two halvesies. So that's not that bad. If you listen to the old show, a lot of it is this. But anyway, that's a poem. It's from The Void Sutures. You can find The Void Sutures on Amazon.com. Uh, my name's Alex Boland with two X's. Just look up The Void Sutures. I also periphery. It's a novel. If you buy 10 copies, the 11th one is the same price. But I would very much like you to buy one or 10 or 15. Because here's the thing. Every month, there's a counter that gets reset. Every month it goes back to zero. And it's not that... It's not that the counter ever goes much above zero. But when you've waited 30 days and you're looking at a single-digit number of sales, and then it drops back down to zero, it's just... It's just... It, it takes a tiny chunk of your soul every time it happens. And I, and I would like... I would like this month... I'm not even going to finish this. I'm just being a dick. But if you want to read my book, it's called Periphery. I think it's pretty good. Um, Actually, pretty much everybody that's read it has told me it's pretty good. I just I, I just suck at marketing. I, I mean, I've gotten rave reviews. But rave reviews don't pay the bills. I, I'm not expecting to pay bills off of writing. Let's, let's be fucking serious here. Let's try to, you know, it's, I just, I would just like more people to read it. I think, I think we've all noticed that I'm out of steam and done. So, um. Thank you for listening. Uh, yeah, my name has been Alex, and your name has been some permutation of, like, 20, 28 letters, I guess? No, probably like 32. I'm trying to account for... I know I have listeners in Germany and Mexico and France. Is that France weird there? I was going to say false, but I stopped because it's just embarrassing. I know Germany has some different letters. They got that, uh, that SZ thing, Z, the, the weird S kind of S mixed with like a teapot shape. And they've got like the umlauted letters and, 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 and French has, Francoisish has like the accent grand and the, um, the other one. And then the, the C with the little thing at the bottom, like in Garçon. So, I'm a, I'm one fucking tangent going motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> so, my name's been Alex, and your name has been some other name that can be made using letters. That's, that's the theme tonight, is that I'm an idiot and say dumb things. This is one of those shows where I feel like I didn't do a very good job. Generally, these are the episodes you guys like the most. So I, I, I hope you guys liked it because as I'm finishing it up, I'm like, eh, I don't know if I really did it tonight. I don't know if I really brought it for you. And these are the ones people tend to like. So fuck it. Maybe I did great. Who knows? But 
that's it. Uh, yes. Okay. So um, good evening and uh, good night.